What's going on, everybody? My name is Jacob Gettens, and this is The Outer Zone, the official podcast of Formula Drift. And this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm sorry there is no guest. If you're here for the guest, then I, I got nothing for you. Um, the <laughs> episode today, uh, I just I want to go through some highlights, some stuff you might have missed, some information. We basically have scrubbed Instagram and any publicly available resource to go through the driver's list, go through track changes, kind of just give you as much information as we can gather uh, to, to get you ready for the season. That's basically the goal of this episode. At the end of the episode, I do want to address a couple of things. I want to uh, kind of give you guys an explanation as to who I am, how I got here, what I do, all that stuff, because you guys have a lot of thoughts. There are a lot of opinions. There's actually a lot of really good information in the comment section that I've been really, really grateful for. But let's we'll, we'll get to all that. So that is the plan for today. That is what we are going to do. And uh, yeah, so sit back, relax, enjoy. And let's talk about 2023. All right, so basically the way I want to start this off is let's let's go through the driver's list, okay? We're going to start in first name, alphabetical order, and work our way through. The only reason I'm doing it that way is because FD made a post on Instagram, and I pulled all the names that way, and that's basically how I want to go about this. So starting things off, um, huge fan favorite, you know, maybe a divisive character, depending on your thoughts, but we'll start off with Adam LZ. So Adam this year made the announcement he'll, he's only going to be running four rounds, He's going to be splitting the season with another driver. And at the time of this recording, and at the time that this gets produced, that driver will not be announced yet. So if you're looking for that information, I'm sorry, I don't have it. Uh, but yeah, Adam doing four rounds um, should be really interesting. Uh, obviously, he's got that new uh, World Tour project going on, which looks pretty crazy. Coming to Canada, excited about that. Uh, one stop, I believe, in New Jersey, and then Ireland and Australia. So that's going to be nuts. Uh, obviously, still rocking things with RTR. Uh, not going to lie, I was kind of hoping the S15 was coming back, but that really wouldn't fit with the RTR vibe. So, yeah. Um, really curious to see what rounds he's going to end up doing. Uh, is he going to do ones that favor you know, his driving style? Is it going to be things that line up with other stuff? Don't really know at this point. But either way, I am excited to see him back. I do want to see him progress. I saw you know some some great things come out of the end of the season. I think people forget what he was like in Pro 2. It was called Pro 2 at the time, you know, now Prospect. And that dude... That dude crushed. Uh, he took out some big guys, did really well. Uh, obviously, we see him do well in a lot of different series. But yeah, seeing the way that things went at the end of the year gives me a lot of hope that he's going to get things dialed in this year. And maybe not fighting for a championship and only doing four rounds will give him a little bit more, I guess, time or uh, take off some pressure to, uh, yeah, to see how he's going to perform. So yeah, that's that's more or less kind of the, the info there on Mr. Adam LZ. Oh, sorry, I did want to add to this. So uh, last year, he did come in 25th overall. So I, I did collect those. I'm going to put those in with their names. I apologize, I forgot on that one. Uh, next up is Alec Robbins, actually 26th last year. Now on Kenda, which is super cool. Really interested to see how those Kenda tires perform. Um, obviously, they've, they've had a legacy in the grassroots side of things. Um, but yeah, really excited to see how this compound does in in FD, in the, the big leagues, the big boys, the big power, all that stuff. Uh, Alec looks like he's still in his 370Z, so excited to see what he can do there. Not entirely sure on sponsorship stuff, wasn't able to find a lot of information there, but 
Alec, Alec's been around for a, a I mean, a, a fair bit. Um, he did incredible things in uh, uh, Midwest Drift Union, uh, did great things in Pro 2. And realistically, he is, he's a driver with, I think, a couple more seasons under his belt in the, in the pro level. He's a real contender. And like a lot of drivers, if, you know, a good chunk of funding comes through, because he is, you know, very much a, a, I wouldn't say grassroots, but like he is a self-funded guy. Obviously, he's got sponsors in there that help and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's him and his family traveling around. So I think if, if he can get a bit more funding into his program, that would be huge. And I think that would take a lot of the pressure off. Um, you know, once you don't have to worry about money, it's a lot easier to drive. But Alec, incredible guy. Uh, if you get a chance, make sure to go see him in the pits, talk to him. Uh, he's very quiet, but ton of good info. And he's an absolute demon behind the wheel. So I'm excited to see what he does this year. And uh, yeah, just 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 excited to see how he's able to compete. Okay, moving on, it is going to be Odie Bakshi's or Aramis. Aramis? I'm going to have to ask him. Bakshi's uh, came in ninth last year, so not his best year, but overall just a fantastic driver. A um, couple big changes for him this year. Obviously, the Falcon situation. So now he's going to be rocking some GTs, which is super cool to see that he's able to get into uh, just another incredibly competitive brand. Obviously, uh, this year, bringing on Simon Olsen, that's a huge change for him. Building that new car, um, you know, I think that's that's going to do a lot uh, in the regard of having that camaraderie again, obviously, when he was with uh, Falcon doing a lot of stuff with Matt Field. But I think having another European driver there to kind of bounce stuff back and forth on uh, is going to be awesome. You know, still running things uh, with a prospect driver. So that part is is going to be fantastic. And, and we're going to get into all the prospect stuff later. I just want to put that out there. I want to give the prospect guys, I want to do this for the prospect guys as well. Um, but yeah, seeing what Odie does this year is going to be really interesting, kind of with the changeup and, and Falcon leaving. Uh, he's had a great program. He's got a lot of great partners on board. So I don't think the, the money thing is going to be a huge issue, but obviously developing a car for a particular tire and now going over to GT could change things up a little bit. Uh, how, how different it's going to be, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I'm excited to see him get back to his kind of his former glory. I think people sometimes forget, like he finished third in 2021 and 2019 uh, and 2017. And and he's won like nine events now. So it's not like Odie is, you know, just some guy. Like Odie is a legitimate contender. And when he puts together a really good season, like in 2021, uh, most notably for me, uh, it's it's incredible to see what he's able to do. So I think it could go one of two ways. There's a bit of a distraction with with having multiple cars that you're you're kind of dealing with and, and being the team owner, but there's also some motivation there to be the team leader. So I'm excited to see what he does, how he's able to mentor Simon as well, but we'll get into Simon's section here in a second. Okay, next up is Brandon Sorensen, uh, finishing 12th last year. Looks like he's got a new BMW build under the way, which is going to be sick. Uh, does a lot of stuff in the off-season. Did some ice racing. Obviously, he's really heavy into the off-road market. Uh, his dad is like a, a big figure in the off-road industry. If you weren't aware, I highly, highly recommend you take a few minutes and educate yourself on the Sorensons. Uh, because it's just a legacy of crushing. Like, uh, obviously, Brandon and Amanda, you know, doing incredible things at very, very young ages. Uh, I believe uh, Brandon was the youngest uh, licensed pro driver, I think at 14, 13 or 14. Um, but the dude's been driving since he was five. So, and, and you know, like I said, like carding, UTVs, trophy trucks, like, it just, 
he was born with a steering wheel in his hand. So to think that he's not going to catch up to the rest of these guys, like he's at, he had an incredible year last year. He's had incredible years every single year. And realistically, it's just an experience thing at this point in time. Like the only thing that's that I think is holding him back at all is just a bit more experience. That's it. He can go toe-to-toe with the best, and and he has beaten some incredible guys in FDs. So I really do think we need to watch out for Brandon. I think we're going to see him well, like deep into the top 10 this year. I want to say seventh or eighth is my guess. Um, but yeah, really, once again, excited to see what he does this year. Okay, um, the number one driver in all of our hearts, and and I would be amiss if I didn't speak about it, is going to be Byron. And actually, I'm really hoping we don't see a lot of Byron this year. I know... I know that's divisive. I know everybody, well, we don't all like Byron. Um, but I think with the roster this year, I think with a lot of guys filling in, obviously we did see some drivers back out, and we will get to that. But I do really think that we're going to have a great year. We're not going to have like a year like ones in the past where we're getting Byrons all the time. Hopefully, mechanically, everyone's got everything together so we don't get a lot of breakdowns. But I, for one, hope we don't see a lot of buy run this year. I know it's everybody's favorite. I, it would be cool if someone made like a, a jersey or something like that that had buy run on the back. Next up, um, finishing fourth last year is Mr. Chelsea Denofa. If you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend uh, going back and listening to my conversation with him. Uh, one of the most popular episodes so far, if not the most popular. Uh, obviously still rocking with RTR. Um, looks like there's going to be some big changes to that Mustang. Uh you know, could just I, I don't know all the details, but it looks like there's some big things coming. Uh, yeah, just it sounds like he's got a new mindset. Sounds like he's trying to dial it back a little bit, but without you losing that Chelsea Denofa style. Uh, so that's that's going to be great. Uh, hopefully, he can you know get out of get out of fourth. Like you know, he was second in 2020, um, and and he got fourth in 2021 and 2022. So like. He's there. He's right there. It's it's a matter of really one event going the right way for him. And him, you know, maybe not breaking his foot, jumping off the fence. But Chelsea's right there. You cannot talk about the best drivers in drifting right now without Chelsea being in it. Uh, also, incredible content. If you haven't had a chance yet, head over to his YouTube channel. His videos are fantastic. Okay, next up, Chris Forsberg. Uh, yeah, he came in fifth last year. I, I feel like that's something that nobody was talking about. Chris had an incredible year. Uh, obviously, it wasn't a championship, but like he's doing really well. And yeah, I know Forsberg gets the win and all that stuff, but really, like he he had that 400Z last year. It looks like he's back in it this year. I didn't see any major changes to program or anything else. He's doing a bunch of stuff with Nas, so I don't think that's going anywhere. But people really forget that like Chris can come in and just win a championship. Like, he is Mr. Consistent in a lot of cases. I believe one of his championships, he didn't even win a single event. So it just shows that, like, how much consistency is needed in drifting. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye out. I know some people think that he plays games. I know there's a bunch of all that stuff. I think every driver's got something about him that people don't like. Um, But when you win multiple championships, you're going to gain some haters. So I am excited to get him on the show. I That is something I really want to address is, you know, those like, hey, did you break check this person? Did you flop on this? Whatever. But I personally don't think so. I think there's always a reasonable explanation for that stuff. And I want to go into those conversations not thinking that somebody is doing something uh, purposefully to screw somebody else up. But either way, definitely keep an eye out for Forsberg. The dude can disrupt a championship like in the blink of an eye. Okay, next up, uh, coming in 20th last year, Mr. Daniel Stuckey or Stuke? 
I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him. Uh, recently married, so congrats. Uh, I do think, I, I'm a person who looks at like a lot of life events, and when those start to clear up, when you have those pressures off, I think it can make huge deal for your mindset. So, yeah, I, I think something like that could make a big difference. Um, Stuky's, Stuky's a super cool guy. If you've had a chance to chat with him, you know how laid back he is. He's super funny. Obviously, last year had that weird incident um, with Federico, uh, where he's just like trying to, you know, put on a f- show for the fans and then Fede's slowing down like he should. And Stuky just kind of went a little crazy. Uh, but yeah, the dude is awesome. Um, you know, still doing a lot of stuff with M-Spec. Uh, Casey Cole is another guy that is down in Prospec, who realistically, we'll get to him, but like another guy to keep an eye out for. But Casey is a genius uh, car builder. So knowing that his program is in those hands is super cool. And another kind of like weird fun fact, I don't know if he's supposed to be doing this, but like if you go watch a lot of his in-car, he's got sunglasses on under his visor, um, sometimes with the visor up. But another guy needs a couple of years of experience. He's kind of got to go through, uh, feel his way out through the season. Eight rounds just isn't a lot of time to really figure things out. Uh, but I, I really want to see him in top 16 a lot more this year. I want to see him finish maybe in the top 15. But yeah, Stuky. It, once again, if you're at an event, please go talk to him because he's a super cool guy. Okay, next up, uh, coming in 32nd last year, which is no indication of this man's actual driving ability, is Darren Kelly. Um, it looks like he's sticking with the Aston Martin this year, which I'm very excited for because that thing sounds incredible. Um, he has had some of the fastest progression that I've seen driving a non-traditional chassis. Uh, obviously, he's known for a lot of like interesting chassis. Um, he's known for being a champion and just being an incredible driver. Like he's a three-time D1 uh, New Zealand Pro uh, champion. Uh, he's driven GT3 endurance. Like the dude is like don't like don't screw with this guy. This this guy is a definite wheelman, but incredibly polite. In the couple of times I've chatted with him, he is very soft spoken. Um, but regardless, I'm getting off topic here. He was able to progress that Aston Martin so fast, like incredibly fast from going to like, not sure if he can drift it to like really, really nice tandem. So I do think when you drive something like that, you're immediately at a disadvantage competition wise, but you're immediately at an advantage attention wise. So that is a trade-off you have to make. And he has made that decision. And that car, I I really think you're going to see him win some battles this year. Um, You're going to see it progress a lot further because Darren is an absolute beast behind the wheels. So keep an eye out. Uh, keep an ear out because once again, that car sounds incredible. And yeah, just looking forward to seeing how that thing progresses, seeing what they update, what they change. Uh, hopefully it doesn't crash because I feel like headlights and taillights are not cheap. Okay, next up, coming in 22nd, Mr. Dean Carney. Looks like he's still in the Viper. Um, haven't seen any big changes uh, sponsorship-wise, so we can basically assume he's running the same program that he was last year, which was Hyper NFT. Um, another guy with like a low-key, incredible YouTube series. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. There is some funny, funny stuff. There's some incredible cars. Um, it seems like Hyper, this kind of mysterious figure that uh, that's sponsoring him, dude loves his cars and has some crazy stuff. I can't remember the name of the car, but they had one out in Long Beach. Oh, not Long Beach, Irwindale last year that was absolutely insane. If you do remember what it's called, let me down in the comments. I, I completely forgot to research it before this. But um, yeah, Dean, um, I would like to see what he looks like outside of a Viper. Like I know he's like just all in on it, but 
seeing old footage of him pre-Viper really gives me hope that, like, you know, he can do something nuts. A um, couple cool things that I found back, uh, you know, going through the socials. Uh, looks like he went back home to Ireland for a little bit. His family is in flooring. Not what I would have guessed. I don't know what I would have guessed, but I didn't think it was going to be flooring. Um, but yeah, Dean's another really, really cool guy. Um, really interesting to chat to. Uh, very, very motivated. Uh, very passionate when it comes to his driving. Um, but yeah, it just, I, I really do feel like that Viper causes a lot of struggle. Uh, the, the weight distribution in it, I'm assuming, I don't know, is probably really weird. Uh, it just, it seems like an awkward car to drive. So I'd be very curious to see what he does outside of that car. Uh, it looks like he was shooting some stuff with Banging Gears with Mad Mike, uh, Adam, Ryan, and Chris. So dude's keeping active and maybe that's going to help. Maybe, you know, Banging Gears, maybe he's doing something on, I'm assuming on the hypercar side of things. But Dean, 22nd last year, definitely want to see him move up. Okay, uh, here is a driver that I don't actually have a ton of information on. There is information out there, but it is Diego Higa. Ooh, hopefully I got that right. Um, from Brazil, obviously, if you watched Hyperdrive, you do know he won that. Um, so I did pull some info to get you guys up to speed, to get myself up to speed, because admittedly, before recording this, I didn't have a ton of information. Um, so it looks like he dr started driving around the age of 14. Um, he is an eight-time Super Drift Brazil champion, which is sick. Uh, he's also won the Golden Helmet of Brazil in 2019, which, from my understanding, is like a really prestigious motorsports award. So... Obviously, you know, this this guy is, like, this guy can drive. Um, and it looks like he bought Ryan's Ryan Turk's old car or somehow acquired it. So I'm not entirely sure if that's what he's going to be driving. It'd be cool to see that car back. Um, but I'm interested to see what happens with him. Now, obviously, winning hyperdrive, that is huge. Coming out of Brazil and doing incredibly well is is a great testament to his driving ability. But there is something to be said about U.S. drifting in particular. So I'm do I don't want to discredit him at all, but I'm very curious to see what he has learned and accomplished over in Brazil and how that equates to what happens driving in America. So very curious. I'm incredibly excited to learn more about him. Um, if you guys do have any more information, once again, please leave a comment. I, I do read a lot of comments. We'll get into that later though, but very, very excited to see what happens with his year. Okay, next up is Mr. Dylan Hughes. Um, coming off a massive win last year. Uh, very, very interested to see how he's progressed. He seems to have progressed year over year. Seeing him come out of Pro 2 at the time into FD this year was, um, or not, obviously he's been in Pro longer than this year, but seeing the way he's progressed has been very steady. You can see him get better every event, every lap, like, it's so it's so interesting to watch him in a, a kind of a detailed way where it, when you watch him in practice, you can see the corrections. Like you can see things he's done wrong in lap one and how it's gotten better before qualifying. So if you get a chance, very much watch the way Dylan drives because it is so much more calculated than I think people give him credit for. And another guy that, once again, I'd love to get him on the podcast. I want to get everybody on the podcast, but I very much want to chat with him about his career and how it's changed and the move and all that stuff. Um, another big change for him, obviously, is being on GT. But another change that, same thing, kind of got pushed under the rug is his swap over to FDF. And he's not the only driver swapping to FDF this year. So obviously, we've got our, our kind of our big names in the angle game. And FDF, you know, 
being Canadian, sorry for always playing up the Canadian stuff, um, but seeing how FDF has slowly pushed from the grassroots up into pro has been interesting. So, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see what this is like for him, if we see any differences between coming, I believe it, he was on WiseFab previously, but coming into FDF now. Is it going to be something that's a detriment? Is it going to be something that's massively positive? Are we not going to notice any difference at all? I'm not sure, but it's the first time that we really get to see that. And I do think it is um, a bigger topic than maybe what a lot of people think. But either way, I don't want to take anything away from Dylan. Um, very excited to see uh, his progression this year. I want to see him up in the top five. I want to see him winning more events. Um He's obviously got some good backing. I'm assuming he's with Royal Purple again this year. Uh, but yeah, just should be a really good year for Dylan. Okay, next up, Federico Sharifo. One of the coolest guys on, on Grid. Um, so enthusiastic. And I think a lot of people kind of like forget his drifting heritage and and like what he's done in the past and everywhere he's driven because he is in Fiorella. And hopefully that was all right. Uh, which, you, once again, that's a... It's a huge, you know, uh, I guess, weighted jacket to wear to drive a car like that. It is incredibly wide, has a crazy power band, but the dude does, you know, surprisingly well in it. Um, you know, came in 30th last year. looks like he missed a couple of rounds. He's had a bit of a rough go. I don't know the whole story as to what was going on or what is going on, but like I said, he's, he's an incredible driver. Um, you know, 2004 drove in Italy, um, 2006 started traveling around in Europe and Japan, 2000, uh, Japan in 2008, China in 2013, Russia in 2016. Like the dude's driven kind of everywhere. Um, looks like he's doing some rally stuff, you know, the team orange stuff. Like, please, if you get a chance, go back in his history. Cause don't think that like, just because you see the, what he's doing now in that Ferrari means that he's not a top tier driver. The dude's just training with a weight vest on. I think you put him in something else. And top 10 every single time. Okay, next up, huge crowd favorite, Mr. Forrest Wang. And this, okay, this is getting talked about a lot, but I am so excited. Like, if you're not, if you're just listening and you're not watching, you should see my face right now because I am so incredibly pumped. One, jumping on Kendas. So interested to see how he handles those, how he puts that tire through its paces. The dude looks jacked. If you haven't seen his recent interviews, he's a beast. Like, he's probably put on 40 pounds of muscle. Um, still in the S chassis. Uh, looks like he's adding NOS. Still rocking a 2J. And from his socials and from his recent interviews, he's not taking this year seriously. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, he's coming out to have fun. Like, he, I, I feel like he's going to come out and drive like this is a party event. And I think that's the best thing he could do. Now... Obviously, he's going to need to keep that car fast to be competitive, but I I really feel as though he's going to be able to manage that and still keep his style, because that's the one thing I don't want to disappear. Um, easily one of the most stylish drivers ever in, in Formula Drift. And the dude just drives all the time. Like, obviously big into some off-road stuff, but like, dude drives a bunch of party events all the time. So, He's good at driving against guys that are faster. He's good at driving against guys who are slower, higher, lower horsepower. Forrest is incredible. And I cannot express enough how elated I am to see what he does this year. Uh, we're all in for a show. And yeah, it, it, 
It's it's just it's gonna be good. Okay, next up is the Norwegian Hammer, Frederick Osbo, obviously our champion from last year, all the weight on his shoulders. Definitely make sure to go back and listen to the episode and the interview with him. Dude's been training all offseason, been ice racing basically the whole time, chasing slow cars, fast cars, big studs, little studs, all that stuff. No major announcements, it seems like. It's just going to be more of the same. Obviously, we're all excited to see what he does against uh, James Dean and against basically everybody that we're talking about, have talked about, or going to talk about. Um, The dude's a machine. Uh, I, I recently responded to a comment on Instagram about him, and people are like, oh, the judges always favor him. I truly think what Frederick Osbo's greatest gift is, is taking notes from the judges and just doing exactly what they say. And ultimately, that's what you need to do. Like, that's that's the name of the game, especially in qualifying. So very interested to see how he stacks up against some of the drivers that are coming in this year. But I do think it's just going to be more of the same. I do think he's going to be top four Um possibly another championship. So, yeah, we'll see. Okay, next up, uh, James Dean. So, let's... I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, one, definitely having him in on as, as a guest. Uh, obviously, hasn't been around a little bit. He is a three-time champ, you know, champ, 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 back to back to back. Uh, in with RTR, uh, the testing videos look really good. Um, the Denofa interview, he kind of just said that James came in, provided some great ideas. Um, obviously, he has ideas of how the car should be set up. Uh, he has a particular driving style, but ultimately, I don't think I've seen him get into a car and not just immediately do well in it. Like FDRX7s, uh, S15s, BMWs, like the dude just slays. Like there's no arguing it. So, do I think he is going to like come out in Long Beach and immediately win? That I'm not entirely sure of. I still think there's a learning curve with those cars. Chelsea talked a lot about how difficult they are to drive. And even guys who drive them all the time struggle with them. So what I am very curious about is to see what his car looks like in motion versus Chelsea's and versus Adam's. And yeah, that, that part I'm very interested to see. I don't want to get my hopes up yet but I'm also incredibly excited. Um, I just want to see him battle with with like guys like Kristaps and uh, obviously like battling with Osbo and and like Forrest Wang and like it just I want to see him drive against everybody. I, that, that's it. I just do. I, I wish it was like a battle royale where it's just James Dean and then everybody else gets to do a couple laps with them. But regardless, it's going to be crazy. I. Do you think there's going to be a bit of a teething pain in it? Um, unless RTR has a massive amount of preseason testing, which I don't know if they do or not. So I think it's anybody's guess. I know a lot of people think he's just going to come out and decimate, which would be really cool, but I, eh, there's some hesitation. I just have some hesitation on it. Okay, next up, Jeff Jones uh, coming in 13th last year. Didn't see any major updates um, he obviously like having better year and better years. Like dude's been around for 15 seasons. Like I don't, I don't think people realize that he has been around a long time, very much like self-funded, uh, brings in, you know, interesting sponsors like, you know, Doc X, which i uh, controversial here. Doc X over Dr. Pepper. Sorry, Kevin. I, I like Doc bef- more than Dr. Pepper. Either way. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing, you know, 
I do have a bit of a bone to pick with Jeff. He did say in an old interview that if he got on the podium, he would unbolt his supercharger and bring it up to the podium. That did not happen. So Jeff, still waiting on that. Maybe when you win this year, you'll do it. Um, but yeah, uh, Jeff, great guy, always entertaining. Um, cool guy to just kind of shoot the shit with. Doing a lot of stuff in the industry as well. Um, you know, Hot Pits Auto Fest, which is super cool. Really great to just see anybody who's really pushing, drifting forward more than just FD, doing stuff in the grassroots community, in the pro-am community, whatever. So shout out to Jeff for that. Keep pushing, dude. Um, yeah, just another guy I'm excited to have on the podcast. Like, I really think him and I could just have some really cool conversations. <clears throat> okay, next up, uh, driver who had a rough year last year, coming in 34th, is Yao Beron. Once again, I'm trying with these pronunciations. I am not known for pronunciations, but looks like New engine in the vet um, comes from a late model builder, which I'm really interested to see how that sounds. Um, but it should be pretty cool. Uh, looks like every year he kind of just makes the car better. Uh, I think his first year, the car was basically stock. Like, obviously had some angle stuff, but like, you know, he's he's progressing it. And, and that's what we want to see. Uh, this And this is kind of where I go back to uh, Diego, where Yao did really well in Brazil, but then coming over, it was a lot harder. So, yeah, and, and like, I'm not saying that, like, Brazilian drifters are not as good as American. I'm just saying it's different in the same way that, like, European is different than American than it is from, uh, like, Eastern or, like, Western European. Like, there, there's, or Japan, like, there's big differences. So that's the part I'm, I'm kind of interested. Some cool stuff that I didn't realize, though, is that he's raced in, like, F3 and F3000 stuff, so, like, he's got a more of a pedigree than I originally thought. Does look like he's retiring the Mustang, which is kind of sad. Um, another guy from from Hyperdrive. Uh, yeah, I just, I want him to do better. I, I, I like, kind of feel his struggle. Like, I watch his driving. I'm like, oh, you're right on the cusp of it. Like, yes, you were definitely, like, you know, there are times where he's missing clipping points and stuff, but it's not, it doesn't seem that far off, if that makes sense. Like, yes, missing an entire clipping point seems really far off, but, like, it's usually because of a small mistake at the very beginning of the run and then kind of like a panic. So I, he's another driver that I think is like missing one or two like elements that it's just when, when it all clicks, it's going to click like crazy and, and the dude's going to be like really driving incredibly well. So yeah, I, I, I'm excited to learn more about him because I don't know a lot. Uh, but yeah, I just, I feel like there's just one small thing missing, and I don't know what it is yet. So I'm going to keep a really close eye. Maybe I'll try and report back on that and see if there's something I can pick up in practice. Because uh, this year, I'm really, really going to focus and study practice as much as I can uh, to try and see if there's more stuff that I can pick up on, maybe on a technical sense. But Yao, just, or Zhao, uh, sorry, once again, not good with the pronunciation stuff. So I'm going to work on that this year as well. But very interested to see what these new updates, what the new engine does for him, and then how that progresses his driving. Okay, next up, uh, 28th last year, not a great year, but Jonathan Castro. Um, cool thing, was off in Sweden with Osbo. Obviously, some teammate stuff going on there. Um, he is a driver, and, and I know I talked about it with Sage, and I probably talked about it a few times. He is a driver, when it comes together, is like an absolute giant killer. Like, the dude can take down some of the best. And similar to a few other drivers, like it seems to be there's just some small thing that's missing. 
and I don't know what it is. And I want it to be fixed because I know he can be competitive. Like, drivers always talk about, like, you know, anything can happen in top 32. And Jonathan Castro really is, like, the epitome of that, where when he is driving well, like, just watch out. But it seems to be, like, something gets in his head or he's tired. I don't know what it is. Same thing. I've I've got time this year. I'm going to go ask him and just see if he knows and if he can describe it. But another guy that, like, really can absolutely just take down the best of the best. Okay, 19, good buddy of mine, Jonathan Hurst, uh, Jonathan Cash Hurst, Pop Daddy, uh, Pride of Paducah. Dude's got a lot of nicknames. I think, I think we just keep stacking them on. I know he's going to kill me for saying that. Um, looks like same chassis, maybe some updates on the, uh, on the engine. Uh, tire situation, interested to see what haps, happens there. Uh, dude comes in hungry, though. I mean, unconfirmed lowest budget in FD, but like looking at his driving, you wouldn't guess it. Like he drives so aggressively and obviously like the car accentuates that, but like really, really drives heavy. So I'm, I'm, I really think that he is a guy that, that is very much easily to break into the top 10, had a couple rough rounds, had a couple like, like weird mechanical things, but like, Nothing with major components, just weird stuff. And if it wasn't for that, I think he would have been in top 10 last year. And I really think he can do it this year. So definitely keep an eye out for some changes with his stuff. Um, definitely keep an eye on him. Keep an ear out. Like, uh, that car just sounds so ridiculous. And I love it. Like, absolutely love the sound that that car makes. I, I feel like it's kind of intimidating for some drivers. Just like, you know, you're you're being chased and it's just gunshots the whole time. So... Yeah, just just another guy that like, you know, small town guy, definitely needs the support. Um, if you haven't yet, like make sure to follow everybody on FD. Maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe in the show notes, I will leave a link or the social media handle for every driver that we talked about in FD so you can go follow them. Because I think at the end of the day, that's the least that we can do is go and follow them on social media. And uh, yeah, Jonathan Hurst is definitely one of the guys that you should. Uh, another guy that is moving to FDF as well. So I know we talked about it with Dylan, uh, but Jonathan doing the same thing. So interested to see both of those guys, what they do on FDF. Um, but yeah, just dude, another guy, go talk to him in the pits. Absolute sweetheart. Uh, if you really, really want to make him happy, um, <laughs> get, him, get him some food from Chili's. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go check out his vlogs. You'll get it. All right, moving on. Next up is Josh Reynolds. So um, yeah, uh, Josh I don't believe ran at all last year um, and missed a couple rounds the year before that. Uh, Swiss driver, a really, really cool background, uh, made the transition from like circuit racing to drifting in 2019. So another guy that comes from that, similar to like a Darren Kelly. Um, but his social media shows that he was testing at Willow over a month ago with a giant blower sticking out of the hood. So it looks like everything's together and where it needs to be, like in a physical aspect. It's just you know, him coming in and driving. So interested, once again, to see, I feel like I say interested way too much. Um, I'm curious to see what he can do. And another another guy that needs, just needs the, the time and the experience at this level of drifting. Um, good chassis, good engine. Just It's just a time thing. Um, I actually, I think I hung out with some of his guys one night at uh, at Pike Bar, if I'm not mistaken. Could be wrong. 
If, if you guys remember that, let me know. But, uh, you know, I'm talking to like two guys that probably aren't even listening. But yeah, uh, want to see him do a whole season. Happy that he's back. And yeah, just Josh, show us what you got, man. Okay. Uh, okay, next driver. Um, absolutely love this guy. Kazuya Taguchi came in 16th last year. So same car. Um, looks like doing stuff with Jerry Yang and, and looks like Nick Novak, who we'll talk about in a second here. Uh, partnering up with that should be cool. Um, his off-season build stuff is really cool. I, I believe he works at Up Garage. Go check that out because like some of the stuff he does is is nuts. Um, had a, had a perfect event last year, so he won and top qualifier. Um, dude's run D1 GP. Done. He's run FD Japan. Um, yeah, just like really quiet, but funny. Really, really funny. Um, but same thing, like experience beyond his years, and ha- has this ability to win events and and like you know. Now that he's in this chassis, now that this he's got it kind of figured out, I really think you're going to see him in like like the top eight this year. I I I'm willing to put money on Kazuya being in the top eight. I don't think this is the last. I I want to say he's going to win another event this year, but I do I, I will almost guarantee we'll see him on the podium. Putting that out there, I'm, I'm big bets. I, I'm not betting anything, but I, I do really think we're going to see him on the podium this year. Okay, next up, uh, coming in at eighth, like, I think we all forgot, but Ken Gushi, eighth last year, like, obviously, maybe not, like, his absolute best year, and kind of walked into a win in Utah, but at the end of the day, like, to to finish first, first you have to finish, so, like, I, I think there's something to be said about that, um, looks like same car from last year, some upgraded turbos, that engine bay gives me a little bit of anxiety, if you've seen photos of it, like, there's a lot going on in there, but also, like, the engine package itself is kind of hard not to have a lot going on in there. Um, but really, like, I know a lot of people don't like that V6 sound, but I, I do kind of like it. Like, maybe I'm weird. I don't know. I do like the way that that car sounds. I know it's, I, there's a lot of words that we could use for it, but I do like it. Cool arrow on that car, too, if you haven't had a chance. Um, looks like he's doing more driving back in Japan uh, with the Lexus IS500F, which is another absolutely bonkers looking creation but yeah ken is um ken ken's just a really cool guy who's been around a long time and like deserves a championship like i know i know like you have to earn it but like i really think he does i actually have a really funny ken story and maybe i'll keep it for when i do a podcast with him but like it was the moment i'm like oh this guy is just an incredibly nice human being i'm gonna leave it for my my recording with him but Ken, keep it up, man. Like, eight last year is nothing to balk at. At a 30-plus drivers, I think we forget about that sometimes. Okay. This one, excited but scared. Kristaps. Uh, Kristaps is coming back. Uh, one of the fastest cars we've ever seen. Some of the most aggressive driving we've ever seen. One of the scariest human beings I've ever seen. Uh, I have never personally spoken to Kristaps, although I will try this year. I don't, th- I don't think he's, like, mean. He's just intimidating. Um, obviously, coming back with HGK, I'm really hoping it's a similar car. Uh, the thing is bonkers. I still remember uh, 2018 or 2019, him winning in, like, I was Atlanta, and he, like, let out, the like, the most primal scream ever. Like, <laughs> anyways, it's weird memory. Uh, but, yeah, Kristaps is the guy 
that could disrupt everything. And I do think he is capable of winning a championship, but what I think he's the most capable of is just ruining someone's day. And what I mean by that is somebody who's having like an absolute tear and like then they get into the top four and they're up against Kristaps and he just decimates them. Because the better the driver he's driving against, the better he drives. Like, and 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 guys who are like maybe a bit slower, it seems like he struggles with because he just wants to just push them through the course. But somebody who he can really put the pedal down with, like, dude just glued to their door and has no problems rubbing paint. Like, oh man, I got goosebumps. He is the driver I'm probably the most excited to see drive this year. Um, if you haven't seen him drive before, if you are new to the sport, go back and watch Kristaps clips because, oh my God, just an absolute madman. Okay, um, sticking with the Ks. Uh, driver, uh, another like sweetheart. So 31st last year. Driver that's been struggling is Kyle Mohan. So another uh, another guy that I need to have on the podcast because I have so many questions. Last rotary, um, obviously in the RX-8. Um, but like, you know, I feel like a lot of people like talk like, oh man, why doesn't he just leave? Like the dude's having fun. Like he's enjoying it. Obviously it's stressful. Obviously there's difficult times, but like, He's having fun. He's having a blast. I really think he is a driver that gets in his own head, uh, but I don't want to speak on his behalf. Um, either way, Kyle, in my head, like it, I, I, Kyle deserves to be here. No matter what you want to say, I strongly believe Kyle deserves to be here. I think we saw some great things out of him at the end of the year at Irwindale against Osbo. Go back and watch that battle. Tell me that Kyle doesn't belong here after watching that. He does have moments of greatness. I just really think he gets in his own head. The rotary is not an advantage at all. So he's driving past that. Another driver, similar like a, a, a Dean Carney, would be curious to see what he looks like in a non-rotary, non-FDRX8, or not FDRX8, non-RX8 uh, chassis. Just curious. Maybe one day you could just do a demo and like a BMW with an LS just to see. Just to see. But I am happy that there is a rotary. I am a rotary lover. Um, so I'm happy for that. Uh, I'm happy that he's doing it. And I'm happy he's there. And he's a happy guy. And if you get a chance, go and be happy with him. Go talk to him. Follow him. Uh, doing some cool things with renewable lubricants. Um, yeah, dude, he's just he's just a cool dude. So go back, watch that battle, check out his socials. And if you're in the pits, go say hi, because he will 100% make time for you. Okay. On to second place. Um, I feel like calling him Mr. Heartbreak because last year was heartbreaking to watch for Matt Field. Uh, great, great podcast interview. One of my favorites so far. Actually, my favorite one so far hasn't been released, but we'll get there. Um, the dude gets a lot of hate. And, and we don't need to get into it because we got into it back there, uh, back in that episode. But like, he's just passionate. Anyways, um, new vet build. Uh, if you if you want more info, go back and check out that. But he is super, super motivated. And that new livery looks sick. Uh, really excited to see what he does. Um, cool about the Borla thing and then Borla being a sponsor. Um, watching some of the videos, the car does sound great. And obviously, he's not lacking for horsepower. Is it his year? It should be. But like, there's a lot of people, once again, James Dean uh, and Chris Dobbs and Forrest Wang and, 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 that could all very much ruin this for him. Uh, but he is also the kind of guy that thrives under pressure. So I truly believe that 
he has a very, very real shot at winning the championship this year. And if you don't think that, I think you're silly. I think you're a silly goose. So, Matt, <laughs> prove those people wrong. And uh, yeah, just have a, have a killer year this year. Are you an FD fan who attends live events? Well, right now, for the podcast listeners only, we're offering $5 off each ticket purchased on Formula Drift website by using FD Podcast when you check out. That is FD Podcast. I don't know if you need to capital the FD, but try it either way. So head over to formuladrift.com, pick up the tickets, then enter code FD Podcast, get $5 off all eight events this year. It's our 20th season. Head over. If you're going, save five bucks. Might as well. Okay. Next up, Mr. Mike Power, 17th last year, Rookie of the Year, makes the move to California. Seeing him do a lot more stuff with Type S, could they jump on as a big sponsor? Possibly. Um, yeah, I think, I really think Mike Power, like, another really cool guy. Great socials, um, tons of tattoos. I don't know why that matters, but it's a note that I put down for some reason. Um, but Mike is, a, Mike is a great guy. He's a killer driver. Uh, same thing. It's just, I really think it's just an experience thing, but like rookie year 17th, that's nothing to balk at. Um, I really, really, really think it's just an experience thing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. That's all he's missing. It's just some more time, some more laps, more reps. Maybe moving to California is going to give him that because you'll be able to drive more often. I'm not sure. But I think Mike, very reminiscent in my mind of like uh, an early Dylan Hughes. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really, think it's just a time thing for Mike. So make sure to give him a follow. He's got a ton of followers. I mean, I'm not saying he needs them, but like, you know, just, just support everybody. Okay, next up, 23rd last year, Mr. Nick Novak. So big change for him this year, uh, going over to Jerry Yang. I really think this is going to be interesting. Uh, Jerry has obviously like a pedigree of, of supporting and, and building crazy cars. Uh, looks like he, uh, Nick is on GT this year as well. Um, and I think a lot of people forgot like how good Nick is, um, second in 2021 prospect. Um, and he secured podiums at three out of the four events. Like, did we forget that? And, and it shows as well how big the jump is into pro. Like it, it is a, it is not a small difference between prospect and pro. So same thing, very similar to Mike. Like, I think he just needs a bit more time. That's, that's it. And hopefully now under the tutelage of Jerry Yang that he'll be able to learn a bit more. He'll get a bit more experience that way. Maybe there's some car setup things that'll change. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, just it, I think that change could make a big difference for Nick. Nothing against you know the teams previously, but it is interesting to see and interesting to watch what happens and how he develops changing a program that drastically. Okay, next up, driver. another driver struggled that last year, which I, was tough to watch, but coming in 33rd was Ula Jäger. Um, on Kendas, very interested to see that. Uh, looks like his car's got a nice big refresh down at Rad Dan's. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that one in a minute. Um, yeah, new Supra last year. Uh, so... Whenever you're building a new car, like it obviously needs some time to work out the kinks. You know, he drove Chucky, he took a year off, and then comes in with this. It's it's gonna need some time. Um, he's gotta get back into it. You know, taking a year off, um, moving into pro, like it's it's not easy. And it, it it did show. He did have a rough year last year, but like absolute sweetheart of a guy. It looked like he drove a ton of ice stuff in the offseason. Uh 
yeah, just just a fantastic human being. Love Ula. Um, yeah, I, I, same thing. Like once he gets those kinks worked out, once he gets a bit more seat time in, like that's that's all he's missing at this point in time. It's just reps, just just more seat time, and and it's tough. Like you know, living in Norway, coming over, it's not like you get a lot of time to be driving in the U.S. Drives a bunch over in Europe. Um, did some crazy stuff with you know a get bill. Like the dude drives. It's just not easy. And it's not cheap. And as a guy that like obviously has some sponsors, but probably putting a bunch of his own money into the program, kind of have to decide where to spend it. And uh, yeah, I, I I think a bit more time, figure out the the tweaks in that car, and lose up there. Okay, um, another driver. Uh, okay, hopefully I get this right. I think he was originally listed as Alex, but I want to give his true name a shot. Uh, <laughs> Alexi Holovnia? Alexi Holovnia? I'm sorry. (laughs) Alex Holovnia? Anyways, I am incredibly sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. Uh, And I will get a proper pronunciation. But driver out of Ukraine, um, dude, if you go check out his socials, this dude's got a stable of cars and and they're all rippers. Um, I watch some stuff from him competing and the dude can throw down. Like anybody, anybody that drives an RDS, I feel like immediately has a good idea of what it's going to be like in FD because the speed is nuts. The precision, I don't think is quite as close in RDS as it is in FD just because you kind of have more corners to make up mistakes, but the speed is definitely there. And, uh, yeah, I, I really, really intrigued to see what car he brings over. Um, I thought I could figure it out, but I didn't want to make an assumption based on his socials. Um, but yeah, go watch some of his driving and then start to figure out like what it's going to be like. Like, I guess the closest driver, man, I don't even know how I can compare it. Um, quick and aggressive. That's it. Um, it's got a cool shop. They build a lot of cool cars, so mechanically inclined for sure. Just interested to see what the program looks like coming over. That's that's it. Not a ton of info. I wish I could give you more. We'll we'll leave it out there. Ulexi Ulexi Holovnia. Ulexi Holovnia. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I don't even want to kept trying. I will get a pronunciation. I will do better. Okay, next up. Uh, our champion from ProSpec, Robert Thorne. So, originally it didn't sound like he was going to make the jump. Dude only drove ProSpec for one year, comes in and wins. Takes out Dmitry Brutsky, who was just decimating everybody in ProSpec. And then, screw it, let's do it. Um, he's only been driving for a couple years, only been drifting for a couple years. Um... Yeah, has a pedigree in other motorsports. It's just, he's just a wheel man. Like, that's that's it. Um, also, great social media. Trolled the hell out of RTR. <laughs> made, made like a spoof of the James Dean announcement video. And it made me laugh so hard. Um, I chatted with him a little bit last year. Very, um, uh, very smart in racecraft. And I think it's going to do him well. Very precise. Uh, I tried to watch some clips of him like driving 
in other disciplines. And I think precise is probably the best way I can describe them. But someone who's only been driving for like three years, drifting for three years, coming in and doing this, man, can't argue with that. So really hope he does well. I hope it's not like a too soon junior kind of thing, but we shall see. Okay, after that, another another like young in his drifting career, but 10th last year, Rome, Charpentier, Charpenter. I'll get a pronunciation there as well. There's some arguments back and forth. The French-Canadian me wants to go full French. So that's where I'm leaving it. Very active this offseason. Um, drift week stuff, ton of testing videos out with like no livery on it, which makes me really interested to see what happens. Um, really made those Federals work last year. One of the only guys to really unlock the Federals. So interested to see what he's doing this year, if he's sticking with that or kind of changing tires. But like Rome, Rome is always a problem in, in the best way. Uh, I had the pleasure of like announcing with him over at Lake Erie Speedway for one of their events. And in a very short period of time, his knowledge of drifting is, is so high level. And he just, he seems obsessed with drifting and getting better and becoming more knowledgeable and just, just being better. So if he just keeps doing that, like he's already in the top 10. He's already in the top 10. So it's only going to get better from here. Like that's it. Like I, I really, really think like three years, championship contender. Going out on a limb on saying this one now. I, I really hope someone like goes back and clips all of these and then just only posts the ones I get right. <laughs> Even though I know they're going to post the ones, all the ones I get wrong. That's fine. But regardless, Rome, yeah, three years championship contender, if not sooner. Okay, moving on. Uh, Ryan Literal, 29th, um, rough year. We always joke about the RB problems, but like the dude just keeps pushing it. Like, just always push it. Those battles with him and Rad Dan about 2J's, 2J versus RB stuff was incredible. Um, looks like the S15 is getting some updates. I believe he's with a new shop. Um, what was it? Collab Garage, I think it was. Uh, who they come from drag racing. So interested to see what happens there. Uh, there. I think there's a lot to be learned from other motorsports when it comes into drifting from like rally. Obviously, we see stuff from drag. So curious what happens there. Um Love to see a Ryan literal Forrest Wang battle. That would be fun. Uh, two like style junkies. Is that a term? Style junkies going at it would be super cool to see. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I hope he just does better. He was such a beast in Pro 2. And uh, one of my favorite battles of all the time, of all time, is him and Riley Sexsmith in Atlanta, where they like hit each other like four or five times and just kept going. And it was nuts. Like someone go find that because it was crazy. It just, they just kept hitting each other and just kept pushing. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Ryan just is similar thing. Like just, you know, some more time, maybe just get his head straight a bit more. It seems like another guy that like maybe gets up in his own in his own vibe a bit. Um, and I think if the RB holds it together, then that's it. That's all that's all he needs. Super cool car. Uh, I think it's like on his roof. There's like some crazy like airbrush stenciling and stuff. Go check out his car in person. Like go look at it because it like the fit and finish on it is nuts. Okay, um, sticking with Ryan's, Mr. Turk. Uh, yeah, third place, you know, always a bridesmaid, never her bride. Um, easily one of my top picks for best driver to never win a championship. 
Uh, I know I talked about it on the Jared episode. I really think this is his year. I, I, I don't want to like push it too much because I don't want to feel biased. It's just everything to me, the way he's been driving, his personal life, you know, just everything's been going so well for him. It just makes sense for me. I don't think there's any major changes there. I don't think I haven't heard anything like sponsorship wise or anything major like that. But yeah, Ryan easily, easily could walk away with the championship this year and drive so well against other high caliber drivers that I don't think James Dean's going to be a problem for him. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I want to leave it. Um, very excited to have a podcast with him because he's actually somebody I interviewed years and years ago at the first Grid Life. That gives you an idea. Um, I did, yeah, I did an interview with him, and, and we'll talk about that that stuff at the end of the podcast. Cool. Uh, next up, Mr. Simon Olson, a guy I know quite well, 24th last year. Um, big news for him, moving moving in with Odie, like new roommates. Um, Frenemies 2.0? I don't know. Uh, but interested to see how he adapts to the S chassis, how he adapts to uh, the LS. The, the day of this recording, to give you an idea, they just started testing. Um, so not a lot of information about how he's doing in that. I don't have any doubt, though, that he's going to do well. I think having a car ready to go and you just show up and drive is such a huge benefit of not having to worry about a lot of logistics and and just just showing up and drive. There's so much to that um, because when you're managing your own program and you're dealing with your own stuff, you know, he was flying guys over all the time, working through logistics stuff. Like he partnered with Hearst last year, but like there's still stuff you have to manage or at least manage the people that are managing it. Like there's a lot to just... Throw on a suit, get in the car, and drive, and not have to worry about anything else is massive. So I think we're going to see him above top 16 this year, um, if not higher. And Odie is one of the, the like, setup gods. Obviously, he's, like, suspension, like, you know, he, he knows suspension, drifting suspension, probably better than anybody else. So with that, and then with the setup and everything else, and, like, I think as long as Simon can kind of communicate what he needs and, and they make the adjustments, it's 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 going to be his year. So, yeah. I know he's been training a lot of sim stuff and has been practicing in that car for a long time on sim and to see how it turns out in real life. Okay, moving on. Taylor Hall. 21st last year. I thought he did better than that. I really did. Um, on to Kenda as well. Um, cool, like, interaction stuff with, like, you know, the livery contest and things like that. Um, doing a lot of teaching and stuff this year. And and I feel like we've seen drivers do better teaching. I think Chelsea's a great example of that, uh, where when you have all that time, when you're seeing other people's mistakes, it helps you do that. Another interesting figure I'd love to have on the podcast and ask some really hard questions because um, I want to I hear his responses. I think he's sitting and, and getting better in that Corvette year after year. <clears throat> I, I Very similar. It's just a reps thing. I just I really think it's a time thing. I do think Taylor Hall can be a, a big contender in the series. <clears throat> it's it's just a time thing. And and people forget that. Like, once again, Jeff Jones, 15 years. 15 years. Like, and and just getting podiums now. So it does take time. Okay, next up, Travis Reeder. I don't want to, like, the Walmart Reader. I feel like, I feel like there's another nickname we can get in there. Jared, let's have a talk about it. Like the Walmart Reader thing is funny, but I feel like there's something else that rhymes with reader that we could probably use. Either way, seventh last year. Staying in the BMW. Um, I love that he played into the RTR hype about being the next driver. And I love that, like, it happened with Adam and it happened this time too. And, like, he wears the RTR jacket and shit like that. Like, 
High level trolling, love it. Um, looks like you're doing a lot of off roading this winter, a lot of relaxing. Um, I'm very intrigued to see where his program goes <clears throat> because, like, being seventh in FD, driving as well as he has, and having you know the progression he has all the way through. Um, you know, like he obviously had that one weird year with like Napoleon Motorsports and the electric drift car, but like there's large companies that are really missing out on a sponsorship level with Travis. I don't know who he's sponsored by this year. I have no idea. So I'm hoping somebody big jumps in or something interesting or something cool or something goes like, oh shit, like this is actually a really good idea. And Travis seems creative enough to me to pull something like that off. So I expect to see something like that this year. I really hope so. Like, I know it's cool to, like, run your own program and stuff, but, like, that gets expensive. Either way, Travis, top five driver this year, calling it right now, um, can definitely, definitely do well. Okay, moving on. Uh, Trenton Beecham. So, really rough couple of years in that Mustang. I just, I believe it's an old Justin Pollock car. I believe it was, like, a uh, live axle, like, solid rear axle. I'm not 100% sure, but he's building a new BMW. 36 last year, really rough year. Didn't get to run a lot. Looks like he's sticking with Nexon. Um, yeah, pro-charged uh, LS and a BMW is what it's looking like. And, and same thing, I think people forget, 2019, Pro 2 champion. Like, he is an, a fantastic driver. He's an incredible driver. Just that Mustang, he just did not mesh with it all. So I think getting into a BMW, throwing down the horsepower, figuring that part out, like, I would not be surprised to see Trenton top, like, top 16 level this year at all. Great driver, cool guy to chat with. Um, yeah, just... Now he's out of the Mustang. Let's see what happens. And then, obviously, we have our to-be-announced driver. Unfortunately, I do know who it is. I have recorded the podcast with this person already, and I'm so excited for you to hear it. And that's all I can say. That's all I can say. Okay, um, let's let's get to our our honorable mentions. Um, and this is this is actually kind of rough for me because like. I really never like seeing anybody leave the sport. So the three this year are JTP, uh, Michael Essa, and Rad Dan. Um, Dan did a really good job explaining what was going on. Uh, if you haven't seen that video, it's a great explanation of like how difficult this sport is financially, logistically, like, and the toll it takes on you. Um, Michael Essa looks like he was doing something with Daily Driven Exotics, I believe. And then JTP, JTP um, like, dad-to-dad dad here, like, dude, that that post, like, I could feel it. Like, like being able to help your son with, like, giving up your program to help your son with his program is, is awesome. Like, did the Falcon stuff have to do with it? Maybe. But, like, also, he's doing stuff with Falcon outside of FD. So, I think he is, like, like true teal and blue. Like, dude bleeds teal and blue. Um and that's part of it, but also having that opportunity to be able to work with your kids. Like, being away from your kids for all those events is not easy, but now having that opportunity, having that, like, sign come out and be like, hey, this is it, this is your time, good for you. So, rough seeing those three guys go, but it's what happens. It's motorsports, and, um, yeah, I want to see all of them come back, but I also understand that we may not, so... Yeah, quick, uh, quick little moment of silence for those guys, but yeah. If you head over to shopfd.com and use coupon code PODCAST23, you're going to save 20% on any merch. So anything you can find on that website, use PODCAST23 at shopfd.com. Save yourself 20%. Hats, shirts, lanyards, wh whatever. Just, just use the code. Save yourself some money. So why not? You know, don't, don't stop listening. Wait till the show's done. But then 
head over, shopfd.com, use podcast 23. We'll see you guys out there. All right. Um, well, let's, let's kind of move on. Uh, I, I think like rule book wise, stuff like that, if you really want to get nitty gritty in the rule book stuff, uh, go check out the Formula Drift YouTube channel. Uh, Sage basically walked everybody through it. I don't think I could do a better job. Maybe I could condense it, but like, I think you've heard enough of it. Judging changes, announcing changes, uh, light changes, some track stuff, and we're going to get into track stuff here in a second, but like a lot of changes this year. The most changes, maybe, I don't know. We need somebody to like run those stats and figure out this is the most changes ever. Um, but let's let's talk about the rounds. We 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 labeled this everything you need to know before Long Beach. I know I've taken up an hour of your time just like rambling on about all this stuff, but let's talk about Long Beach. Last year, Ryan Turk wins it, Matt Field second, Odie in third. It's not going to change layout-wise. The biggest thing that I would like to see changed in Long Beach is having the street sweepers out a little bit more because there's this interesting thing that happens where Later on in the competition, the marbles uh, from the tires kind of like hit the wall and start bouncing back, and they start creeping off the wall more and more, and you get into these weird situations. So that's the only thing I would like to see change with it. Um, yeah, I think clipping points, outer zones, all that stuff is fantastic. I love that it's the first event of the year because like, hey, I know your car's badly tested, but here you go. You can't screw up because it's just walls. Like, what an epic way to start the year. Um, yeah. Like that's that's it. Like that's that's basically you know that's Long Beach. Uh, next up, Atlanta. Last year, Osba wins. Forsberg got second. Matt Field got third. Um, May eleventh through thirteenth this year. I don't foresee any major changes. I believe the only big change is uh, Prospect coming back there. So that's going to be cool. Um, and we're going to do an episode just about Prospect drivers. And I will do this research as much as I can about all of them. Um, so this is your notice if you're a Prospect driver. Right now, go update your social media and provide as much information as you can because I'm going to go scrub it. That's that's what we're going to do. So this is your call. Do it because I'm also going to list all your social media in the show notes so that way everybody can get to it and everyone can follow you guys as well because you deserve as much love as you can get. Anyways, Atlanta, curious if they change up some of the clipping points. They, they move them around a little bit year to year. Not been any major changes there since they moved the entrance to the keyhole to the backside as opposed to the front side. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's about it. So nothing major, as far as I know, coming to Atlanta. <clears throat> although, one of my favorite rounds. Orlando, I believe this is the last year, second last year. I can't quite remember. It's late when I'm recording. I'm sorry, I'm not getting all this. But winner last year, Dylan Hughes, second Forsberg, third Osbo. Crazy year, insane weather, nuts lightning, visually stunning. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this could be one of the last times that we see Orlando on the circuit. Be weird. It's an old track, but like there's a lot of memories there, a lot of heritage there. Similar feeling to like when Wall kind of got removed. Like, you're like, ah, whatever. You say what you want about the track, but like it's still part of our heritage, still part of, you know, drifting. So it's never cool when you see it leave. Do I want something different than a banked oval? Yeah, I do. Um, but same thing, like it's, it's you know, whenever it's gone, it's weird. So I don't foresee any major changes there. There's not a lot you can change. Maybe they'll make the jump bigger. I don't know, it'd be kind of cool. It was sweet to see the guys like, you know, really whipping it up there. But um, yeah, May 26th through the 27th. Next up, English Town, New Jersey. Part of me really wishes they could run like you know, the E-Town, but obviously we've got like this Drift Coliseum now, um, June 22nd through 24th. First last year was Raider, second was Rome, third was Denofa, 
crazy event. I know it's just a figure eight, but it's so interesting. And I think they might change some of the zones and maybe like an inner clip or something like that. Um, it'd be interesting to see if there's a way to like change the initiation point a little bit to, to do something. Maybe you could have it so like, you know, you come out and, the, and you go to the right and then to the left. I don't know. I, I don't design this stuff. Maybe, maybe they'll listen to me. I doubt it though. Um, I really like the vibe at New Jersey. I love the, the stadium aspect to it. I like that you, like, you can see everything. I like that everything echoes and the smoke billows out. Uh, and, and like they, they come out of the tunnel. I would actually like them to start further back if they could. Um, but I believe there's like a starting wall there. So it's kind of difficult, but yeah, English town's always a good time. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just excited. And like, I believe, I believe there's going to be like a pro bro down on the Sunday, which I probably will stick around for. And that's also a fantastic time. Um, but yeah, really cool spot. Um, run by some incredible people too. Um, yeah, but I, I obviously not going to be any massive changes there. Where there will be changes though, <clears throat> St. Louis, July 13th through 15th. Last year, obviously, Kazuya having the perfect event. Uh, Ryan second, Matt in third. Uh, did I already say it was July 13th through 15th? So it sounds like they're adding pavement to it. They're going to widen out some sections, which is great. Do I wish we could still run the old layout? A hundred percent. Do I like the new layout? I do, <clears throat> in the regard that it is so different than everything else. And you're like, yeah, it's like a speed up and a slow down and all that stuff. But I'm hoping with, you know, the layout changing a little bit, maybe they can change that. Would I love it to like run up to the, like come run it backwards and go up to the bank? That would be sick. Do I think they can do it? I'm not sure. I don't know if like the actual racetrack would allow something like that. I, they're, they're, I think it were kind of weird with some of the drifting stuff, but it would be sick. Next up, Seattle. Uh, August 11th through 12th. Last year, Danofa, then Matt, and Chris. Uh, those are your top three. This one always gets tweaked a little bit. Um, believe it or not, last year was my first year actually ever going to it, and it's so much different in person than what you see on TV, but like so much cooler. Uh, like, I don't think TV does it justice that first bank because it is so freaking big. Um, I, I do like the way that they've got it positioned now. I would like it. I believe it's outside zone two if they could reconfigure that a little bit. I know there's some stuff with lines getting washed out that I wish we could fix. Um, but yeah, really, really neat track. I love that like huge bank. It, it becomes a, like this interesting like tire war because you eat through so much tire and you like cook those tires really quickly. And then you kind of cool them off and then you get to get grip back into them again. So like from a driver's standpoint, it seems really interesting. Obviously, I've never driven it in an FD car, so I don't really know, but it just seems interesting. Um, really cool event though. Next up, uh, first of all, I did not think Utah would go as well as it did. And I'm really happy I was wrong. So Utah, September 14th through 16th. Ken Gushi got the win. Osbo in second, Denofa in third. Um, yeah, cool track. Kind of wish they could run that one backwards too. I don't know how that would work from a crowd layout. Like if we could do that and come up, I'm not sure. I do like the run up. Uh, I would like it to be even faster. It's just hard because they scrub so much speed. But yeah, it would be kind of neat if we could run it backwards. I just don't know if we could. Um, great spectating though. Like there's a couple of spots you can't see everything, but like you can see a lot of it. And like, Believe it or not, like the grandstands weren't actually the best place to sit. Like there's a lawn patch that actually was, in my opinion, better. Um, but really cool track. Incredibly 
uh, informed fan base, like super well-informed. Everyone I spoke to was super knowledgeable about it. And it was a really cool track. And I kind of want to go earlier to explore more of um, Grantsville or Salt Lake or whatever the, the towns around there because it was neat. Just having those giant mountains in the back was so picturesque. Anyways, moving on. Wrapping up the season, Drifting Mecca, like the, the House of Drift, Irwindale, October 13th through 14th. Obviously, last year, um, yeah, Osbo winning, Ryan, and then Jeff in third. Uh, not a lot you can change there. Not a lot I would change there. I like when they add on the little bit of extensions at the end. I think that's cool. It makes for like a crazy finish. I want like more fireworks, more lights, and all that crazy shit too. Um, just make it a big-ass show. Like, why not? I hope it doesn't rain. Like, obviously, I hope it doesn't rain. Uh, but yeah, it's it's so neat. And I I know we've like been so close to losing it so many times, and maybe that's why I'm so attached to it, because it's like, like, we almost lost it, and then we didn't lose it, but then we almost lost it again, but then we didn't lose it again. And now I got this coin that doesn't mean anything, and and like, you know, but I still keep it. And <laughs> anyways, that's a deep cut. I'm sure I made somebody angry with that comment. But either way, Irwindale is absolutely one of the greatest events in drifting. If if you have the ability, go. If you're going to pick an event to go to, I mean, you could make an argument for all of them, but like really, Irwindale, to see the season finale, especially when it's really tight, like when, when you're not sure who's going to win it, nothing like it. So, yeah. So that that is kind of like a quick, I guess quick, I don't know, what are we, like an hour and 20 in? rundown of the year. I'm trying to give you guys as much information as I can to talk about the events, to get you up to speed on it, uh, just to provide as much information as I can. So if that's all you wanted to know, feel free to head out. I get it. Um, but I do want to address some like questions, some comments, some just general stuff that's come up and uh, yeah, just answer that for you guys. Okay. So the one question that I've seen a lot is, who am I? Okay, so my name is Jacob Gettens. Um, I've been around the drifting industry for about 10 years. Um, I've had a couple of different YouTube channels. One of them is Pistonhead Productions, which also had a podcast called the Pistonhead Podcast. Um, not trying to self-plug, but I'm just trying to provide you guys some references. I've uh, been interviewing drivers and drifters and FD drivers um, for pretty much that entire time. One of my earliest videos is actually interviewing Chris Forsberg. Uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, uh, interviewed Turk um, on the podcast. We had Matt Field on, Federico Sharifo. We've had Matt Farah on. Uh, I, I mean, I know I'm missing a whole bunch of people, but like, I, I, I have been around. I've also worked as media for several drivers. I've represented a couple of drivers. Uh, and then my day job is doing marketing for automotive businesses, specifically those in and around drifting. Uh, most of the clients that I work with are drifting-based I don't want to get into like the company stuff. If you want to Google it, feel free. You'll find out, and it'll make a lot more sense. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push my business stuff here because that's not the place. Um, but yeah, if you want to see, I guess more. If you're not sick of me, if you're curious as to what I've done previously, the best places to look is Pistonhead Productions on YouTube um, or the Pistonhead Podcast, which right now is all the episodes are only available on Spotify uh, because my original podcasting host closed down and took all the files. So. Anyways, if you know how to rip all those off Spotify, I'd love to know because I'd love to get them up on all platforms, but that's where they live. Bunch of them on YouTube too as well, actually. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess, more or less who I am. Um, 
I had done podcasts with Ryan Sage a couple of times on that show, uh, with Kevin Wells on that show as well. And when this project came up, um, people involved kind of brought me up and did a couple of like tests, um, did some interview stuff, talked about it, talked about how we can handle some production stuff, things like that. And that's basically how this all came together. Um, and I believe those conversations started back in September. So it gives you kind of an idea. Um, yeah, if, if that helps. So am I the most qualified person to be doing this? I don't think so. There are people out there who are significantly more knowledgeable in drifting. There are probably people who are better podcasters than I am. But ultimately, uh, I have enough knowledge. I have enough ability. And right place, right time, I guess. I don't know. Um, but either way, I'm here. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I do want to let you know that I do read pretty much all the comments for better or for worse. Um, I do very much enjoy the constructive criticism. I do like the feedback. I am super happy when people have critiques uh, about what I'm doing and how I can improve it. Uh, one of them was my eyes moving around and not looking at the guests. So we resolved that by building a teleprompter. So I can stare straight into the guest's eyes, right into your soul. I don't have to do that. Uh, previously, I was watching Levels. I was checking a bunch of connection things. So we brought in a producer to do all that. Um, yeah, so I, I, we fixed that. Um, yeah, a couple other things that people didn't like. Try to make those changes as well. Um, one of them, uh, funny enough, is actually my hat. That comes up like way more than I thought it would. Uh, I make jokes about being Canadian a lot. I apologize if that annoys you. Um, it's kind of just become a shtick uh, throughout my entire life because I travel a lot to the US and at times I have a very heavy Canadian accent. So it's just always kind of come up and I've always just kind of played into it. Uh, and I probably will continuously. So yeah, the the hat, um, as we call it in Canada, toque, as you call it in America, beanie. Um, if you call it something else around the world, please let me know. I'd be very curious. Uh, and and the shirt. And why, why am I wearing the same stuff all the time? Uh, one, for continuity's sake, uh, makes it really easy to record. I'm actually the kind of person who just wears the same style of black shirt all the time. I own like 10 of them. Um, and then the hat, I've actually been wearing these types of hats for like 15 years. Uh, just always have. This one is my favorite. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the reason why. I just, I, I feel comfortable in it. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a time where a sponsor wants to come in and be like, we want you wearing this hat. And at that point in time, it'll probably change. And I'm hoping it's a toque or a beanie or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of the the quick rundown on, on who I am and what's going on here. So like I said, I really appreciate all the feedback. I do like all the constructive criticism. If you just want to shit on me, I mean, if that's what you feel like you need to do, I'm sorry that your life is at a point where you just need to get angry at some guy talking on the internet, but if that's what you need to do to feel better, then whatever. I just ignore it. Um, but for everybody else, and and really, I don't want to dwell on the negative stuff because the actual feedback in general has been so overwhelmingly positive. And the amount of people that have reached out and said, hey, I like what you're doing. I like this. I like that. Or, you know, small critique, stuff like that has been so nuts. And yeah, um, I'm just really thankful. I'm really thankful to be here. Thankful to have this opportunity. I'm thankful for you guys for listening and enjoying it. Um, I'm here for the year, unless I do anything like massively stupid, but we are here for the year. The goal is to try and interview as many drivers as we possibly can. There is some logistical stuff with that. 
Um, we try to bring as high quality of sound as possible. So we have to ship mics to people or give people mics. So that does add to it. We ask them to have good internet connections. We ask them to be in a quiet place. So all of that combined means that I can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to call this person to make it happen. So in the pursuit of quality, there is a lot of work that goes into it, which can delay things and stuff like that. So we're trying to keep them as prompt as we can. So we're, we're only recording uh, about a week in advance. Um, some cases we can get a little bit further ahead so we can be timely with them. We are also planning on doing some stuff at the events and we're working through that right now and how that's all going to work logistically. Um, I believe at this moment, the plan is to do them at the podium. So if you're at an event, um, I don't know the timing yet. I will try and post about it on my own socials uh, or get FD to post about it. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't control the posting schedule. Um, yeah, we basically make the episode and send it over and we send some moments that we think are funny um, and FD kind of does a bit more editing to them and makes them even funnier uh, or interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, really, I, I don't, for once, I don't really know what else to say on that. I'm incredibly excited to ask interesting questions to all these drivers. Um, I try to do my best to get uh, kind of like deep and personal with them um, and it's not always easy, um, but it's, it's what I try and do. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, Jared was able to do this. And, and the biggest thing I can say to you is like, Jared's known these guys forever. Uh, some of these guys I've never met or I've never really chatted with. So I do have to kind of build up a bit of rapport in the beginning of the podcast. And then I can get into these deeper questions. I'm sure if I just went in and asked hard questions right off the bat, we would get kind of cold answers. So my personal style is to have a lot of fun and try and, you know, get them comfortable so I can ask some more difficult questions or questions that they maybe haven't been asked before. So that's that's kind of my style. Uh, trying to cut down on the ums and the buts, um, cutting down on the swearing. That is another thing that came up. I will swear from time to time. I get very passionate. So I apologize uh, if I do do that in advance. Uh, yeah. Other than that, just working on getting better. So once again, if you do have constructive criticism, tips and tricks, things where you're like, hey, if you just did this, this would be better. Uh, like not talking with your hands the whole time, something like that. Super happy to get it and receive it and hear it and do my best to fix it. Some of the stuff I can't, some of it's out of my control, but anything I can fix, I will. Uh, yeah, other than that, like I said, guys, like uh, the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive and I'm really, really thankful for that. And the whole team is thankful for that. Uh, everybody who works behind the scenes is very thankful and... Um, yeah, all I can say is we're just going to keep pushing out episodes at the highest quality we can, as quickly as we possibly can. And yeah, uh, if you guys have ideas of things you want to see, if there's stuff that you want to know more about, um, let me know. We have a couple of ideas of how to increase some fan engagement stuff that we're workshopping. We just have to figure through the logistics. So yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that because we're like, what, an hour, hour and a half-ish? Um so thank you again, guys, for listening to The Outer Zone, the official podcast of Formula Drift. Once again, my name is Jacob Gettens. And uh, if you like this podcast, share it with a friend. It's the only way we're going to grow and to get the information out there. And uh, please leave some comments, leave some feedback. Love to hear it. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week because, I mean, Irwindale's coming up real soon. And not Irwindale, Long Beach. Long Beach is coming up. It's late. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop now. Thank you again, guys. <laughs> Talk to you soon.